Welcome to the New Monks. This podcast is dedicated to those of us on the journey of evolution. Through these episodes, we will dive into the lives of individual people and discover what they have learnt and how they have handled their growth. We believe that we all have wisdom to be shared with each other and can learn from listening to each other's stories. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, if you feel like leaving us a review and sharing the love, that would be greatly appreciated. So this is just a heads up because, you know, there's a lot of information that is coming to light at the moment. And through these episodes, each person is going to share a different side of that for them. Now, this isn't to say that every single thing that is shared here is going to be 100% accurate, you know. It's just not where we are right now. It's just not the case of the unravelling and the disclosures that are being revealed to us. Obviously, things are always, always changing and in one moment something can be so real and so true and the next moment is completely shifted and changed into something else. This is the journey of evolution. This is the journey of incension that we are going through right now. So this is just an invitation that you're discernment is really really important as always as usual please take what resonates and leave the rest thank you hi and welcome to the new monks podcast and in this episode i am talking to ariana who i have been connecting with online on instagram one of the people that i found throughout this whole madness of the past few years and i really enjoyed speaking to her because she is also a storyteller here to share stories and she is a filmmaker so her path and her journey as she describes really started there where she started to st- where she studied filmmaking and her experience is so tangible to a lot of us now because of the past few years and she just went through this huge transformation and destruction of her reality when she was living in LA and then realising that that dream about becoming this Netflix-funded filmmaker was actually not what she wanted to do, and she was not willing to sacrifice her values and her integrity just for these external things. And so she went down a different path, and now she's working with Mickey Willis on the next Plandemic. If you haven't seen that series, it's pretty freaking cool, and, um, and it's pretty deep. And so, yeah, this is her journey and her process of how she had to let go of a lot of things, a lot of people, of her old dreams and aspirations. And through her awakening and to realising what's really going on, and through filmmaking, she's here to share truths about specific things in the world. You know, one of the things that she was working on was the film about Monsanto, which unfortunately hasn't come to culmination, but I hope that she would do something about this with all the footage that she has and now she's also um, working on another one as well which she talks about in this episode so yeah this is uh, another great story from another warrior so I hope you enjoy it thank you so thank you so much for being here and open and willing to share your story yes thank you for having me Jess (laughs) bless so how I normally begin is to just, if we both, to just take a few deep breaths in and out. 
And then just tell us how you're feeling right now. I kind of can't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> how I'm feeling right now. It's almost as if there's this version of my younger self, my little girl self who I feel excited for um, a play date in a way, mm. Mm, like a moment to be seen and heard. I feel connected to my heart and my center. Mm. Grateful to be here. Love that, that's so cute. <laughs> Amazing, and I hope so. I hope that is exactly how it unfolds. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. So yeah, this Welcome to the New Monks podcast. This is just yeah a series where I'm talking to individual people and I've lately just been connecting with people all across the world. Just like-minded, light-minded, going through similar experiences, having you know similar resonance. And obviously these past few years have been a huge transformation as well. <laughs> I feel like it's allowed a lot of us to find, find our voices so I've been like seeing little bits all over <laughs> and I also yeah. feel like we're all scattered all over the place you know I know I almost see it as there's there's anchor points all over this planet mm. and there's, there's different different little light beings kind of sparking awake right yeah. and and for whatever reason in that certain area you know, yeah. holding the frequency because I've noticed there also is a lot of movement a lot of us feeling called to move to new places and we're like oh my God, how did we end up here? There's so many people I know in Texas and one of my best friends and I, we grew up in California together and we looked at ourselves and we find each other in, in very magical places all over the world. The last time we were together, we were in Peru and then Costa Rica and you know various festivals. And suddenly we're both here in Texas and we're like, how did we end up here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I kind of had this download come through where I was like, oh my God, there are so many light beings and so many people showing up to do really big work in the world coming to Texas and I it, the slogan everything's bigger in Texas came to me and I was just like oh my god the the amplification of that light is almost bigger and allowed to be broadcasted right being in the heartland of America like that was kind of my interpretation of it at least for why I'm here right now I love yeah. that it's, it's so interesting because there are definitely places people are being drawn to and mm -hmm. I, even I've seen a lot of people move to Texas so just on, from what I've seen online <laughs> 
It's so funny. What um what do you think it is about that place? Well, I think a major theme going on right now is um returning to sovereignty and freedom. And so that, from what I can tell, you know, no matter what your political views are, I think that's, that's the energy that I see here. A lot of people, they just want to be free. You know, they just want to live their lives. And um, I think that's represented here and almost protected here to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people here who are doing it differently, whether that's they're trying to form um, new versions of government that's disconnected from the political system as it is. There's new schools being built. There's a school right now um, that my boss actually is opening up a school for his children called the pride. So based on like the lion pride and all about raising the, the young lions and they teach them entrepreneurship. They teach them how to connect to spirit and their heart and to have conversations rather than you know, reacting, how do you respond during challenging times? So this is what they're teaching the young children, realizing that, okay, the education system, unfortunately, has become indoctrination. So much of what we're seeing has become indoctrination. And so what I feel is going on in Texas, like I I see the new media coming out of here. I see new government, new politics, new ways of operating businesses. Mm. Um, There's just a lot of shift occurring and people coming together to kind of support one another and having the community to do so because it can feel daunting mm-hmm. otherwise when you're looking out on the world. And I know when I'm talking to my parents about some of my plans for how I'm going to establish my business or this or that, they're like, you can't do that. That's not the way it's done. And, and I'm like, oh my God, like I sound insane to them. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, really yeah. like for lack of a better term, the best way to describe it is um, finding sovereignty from the matrix, Yeah. right? Yeah, I was just getting goosebumps as you were explaining all of that because I, I don't know, I just think that is exactly the way forward. And it's just so interesting how certain places attract, you know, the these people, right, who are ready to make those moves. Because yeah. like I said, it's all in these different ways. There's so many different things, aspects to it. <laughs> yeah. So did yeah. you just kind of see that that was kind of what's happening? You thought, okay, that's where I want to be. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> My journey began back in California in 2020. Okay. Um, so you really want to segue sort of into that about how I found myself here? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, I mean, it, it all, I think the last couple of years has been a process of, I guess if you, you step back and look at the bigger scale, it's been a return to my intuition, right? I had spent so many years numbing myself, recognizing that I am a sensitive individual, whether that showed up in food sensitivities or energetic sensitivities and not knowing how to handle that necessarily in my younger years and turning to drugs and substances or even other people to kind of numb out and block like the the sensitivities and the, the stimulation I was feeling within my own body. And so my whole life, I've been, it's been a journey of just trying to find the, the equilibrium within all of this, right? And, and feeling a sense of normalcy and recognizing in 2020 that my, my, I guess, lack of normalcy is actually my greatest gift because I was literally born to help, um, I guess, anchor in the frequency of courage and boldness to do it differently, 
right? To embrace your sensitivities, embrace them as your gifts. So I've kind of been on a, I guess, awakening path. I've been very um, interested in spiritual practices. I grew up with a mom who was the shaman and of course had to discover it on my own because, you know, in high school and younger years, I'm like, oh my God, you are so weird. What are you doing? Just be normal. So I've been, I've been introduced to this sort of path and um, it it was kind of set up for me. And again, I look back and I'm so blessed to have my mom as a guide in all of this, but my biggest awakening didn't necessarily come in a spiritual fashion. I think it came after I graduated film school. I went to Chapman University, was living in Southern California, moved up to Los Angeles, and I was watching all of my friends go off and get, you know, nine to five corporate Hollywood jobs sitting in three hours of traffic. And my soul just knew. I was like, absolutely not. That is not for me. Um, I'm, I'm in love with learning and researching. And so I just can't get my hands off you know, books and various sites of information. So at the time, right after film school, I picked up a book called Whitewash. It was written by this journalist named Carrie Gillum. And she wrote an entire book going into the corruption surrounding a single pesticide. It's the most used pesticide in the history of mankind. It's Monsanto's Roundup, specifically their um, active ingredient glyphosate. Yeah. So there's an entire book just going into the deceit in our, you know, regulatory agencies, our own government, our, you know, the food supply. And I was shocked because I come from an environmentalist family in California. So I've always been aware of, okay, GMOs are not good for the environment, not necessarily good for your health, kind of want to avoid them. Pesticides are bad. I had a like baseline understanding of that, but to see the sheer magnitude of how deep this went just around one chemical I was floored and I was like, oh my God, there is a story here. And sure enough, as soon as I finished the book, this was August of 2018, I had just graduated from film school. At the end of August of 2018, the first court case out of California went, came to trial and Lee Johnson, who was a groundskeeper, who would literally spray Monsanto's Roundup as part of his job onto the school grounds, was awarded $300 million for Monsanto causing his cancer. Oh, that's wild. And so I saw that and I was like, again, oh my God, here, here's spirit dropping this in my lap as soon as I make the connection of this being a story. And I was like, yeah. I need to go up to that court case. So luckily I didn't have a job. I had all the time in the world to just go. I started showing up at the trials and <laughs> just showed up with my camera. I didn't realize it at the time, but I probably looked like such a creep. I would just like be there like filming the lawyers like that were fighting the trials and they would look at me and eventually I befriended them and they figured out who I was. Wow. And um, so I just kind of, in some ways, started touring around with them and being like, let me know when your next meeting is, let me know when the next trial is, I'm making the documentary on this, and I just declared it and said, this is what I'm, this is what I'm doing. So eventually I teamed up with a blogger named Glyphosate Girl, who was the only person blogging day in, day out of the trials. And so her and I kind of became this, I guess, journalistic duo, Mm -hmm. uh, befriending all of the scientists and doctors that again, had the courage to be standing up to this multinational global corporation that's essentially, uh, for lack of a better term, like a giant agricultural mafia. Mm. And again, the second court case that came out was $2 billion. So they were taking hits. And it was the first time ever that Monsanto had been found guilty. So this all being said, I eventually found funding to make this film, which was, I was living the dream. And everything shifted in 2020. Now, 
the film didn't turn out to be, we, we lost funding, interpersonal things happened, you know, drama. It was such a good learning experience, but it really set me up for the path that I'm walking now. And so it didn't get finished. No, unfortunately, we have so much footage and I'm, I'm still, you know, thinking about, okay, what are ways that we can repurpose this and create shorter form content, right? Because it's, yeah. it's invaluable, right? The health information, yeah. the, all of that. But totally. what started to happen, so as soon as 2020 happened, because we were, you know, working with researchers across, across the world and interviewing doctors and scientists and everyone was kind of connected in this field, we were getting calls prior to the lockdowns, basically warning us and telling us that, you know, we had plans to go to Germany to set up these interviews. And they're like, you are not going to be able to get out here. They're like, COVID's coming to the States. This is going to affect the entire world. The entire world's about to lock down. They're like, your country's going to get hit the hardest because of how messed up your microbiome is. It's going to appear that COVID affects you the worst because you are already so sick. And so just one other thing is, and so I had all this information and I was trying to like tell my family and friends and I'm like, oh my God, this is coming to America. We need to stock up. We need to go to the grocery store. We need to buy toilet paper. And everyone's like, calm down. Like you are going crazy. What, you know? And finally, of course, a month later it hits and everyone's like, how'd you know? And I'm just like kicking back ready. And I'm like, trust me, like I research. This is how I know. And yeah. the research didn't stop. Like I, I think I over-researched in 2020, <laughs> but the reason I had such alarm bells going off and the reason that I dove head first into what I did come 2020 was that for about, honestly, I want to say 10 years, I had this intuitive feeling that I would live to see the day that every system as we knew came crumbling down. So every institution, finance, education, medicine, media, religion, like politics. I didn't know why. Yeah, politics. I didn't know why I felt that. I didn't know what was going to cause it. And to be honest, I used to think like, what's going to cause the whole world to crumble at once? Like, is it going to be climate change? Like, what is this? It's not going to happen until like 70 or 80. Like I got time. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 2020, it was just like, ding, ding, ding. This uh-huh. is it. This is it. This is it. It's all happening now. Yeah. And so I was, you know, on, I think, extreme flight or fight mode from the very beginning, because I felt that it just felt like such a, such a an event of such great magnitude for the human race. And it was, right? Um, I think the the level of awakening that has occurred has, I mean, it's one of the most profound things I've ever witnessed. And what I realize now, why it feels so important to me is because again, like I said, I've always been inclined and drawn to the more esoteric sort of knowledge and the, the more, yeah, just spiritual linguistics and the way that I understand the world. And up until 2020, like this idea of the new earth and the splitting timelines and the choices we'd have to make, it all just felt so woo-woo and ungrounded. Like, I'm like, why does that feel so real? But when I talk about it, like, what the fuck am I actually saying? Like, yes. yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> yeah, but 2020 suddenly grounded that in where it's like oh like this is it this is where the earth splits right like the people choosing to exist here you heard about all of this stuff before 2020 like yes I had heard about it and I and I felt it and I knew it like it felt so true in my body but like I said it just 
it felt so yeah. esoteric and woo woo yeah. yeah. that I was just like, what does this even mean? Right. And, and looking back now, it's like, this is why I think 2020 in many ways, it solidified my beliefs in a higher power and the, the shift that the world is encountering. Prior to 2020, I had a series of events that happened where very clear messages were coming through about really like purifying my vessel. Mm. And yeah, so I actually um, contracted genital herpes in October of 2019. And that was a life-changing moment, right? Because it... I mean, I, that probably was one of the most spiritual things I had to go through, right? You're hit with so much shame and this idea of, oh my God, I'm never going to be loved again. I'm never going to be in a relationship again. I'm never going to have sex again. And, and having to feel all of that and drop into the depression, right? And, and the one thing that helped me come out of it was again, researching, figuring out as much information as I could how to heal my own body, how to purify myself and make it so that this is essentially a non-issue, but then equally realizing due to the lack of information that I was finding, I was like, oh my God, this is part of, I mean, this is part as a filmmaker, like these are some of the movies I want to make. I want to help to destigmatize the things that are shameful or, I mean, on the broader scale, right? All the things that we're not allowed to talk about or that we don't talk about in this world, right? Because people more than ever are looking for answers, right? Whether it's from, you know, they want answers to the global deceit and corruption or just simply these real human things that are happening that we keep in the dark because we are so afraid to say otherwise. So part of my healing was just getting it out of me, right? I just started calling up everyone. Like I would tell like strangers at coffee shops, like I was just diagnosed with genital herpes and they'd be like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'd be like, yeah, I just needed to tell you, like I need to practice speaking. So yeah. yeah, there was this whole process in some ways, I, I look at it where it was preparing me for 2020, because had I never contracted genital herpes, I would have never, I think, had the discipline to be in my own frequency. Like I was the type of person who like was always dating someone, always had someone there. I, you know, someone was literally always in my energetic space, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and. Yeah. So for a year and a half, I was not with anyone. I did not sleep with anyone. And I got really clear um, who I was. I felt like I was feeling myself for the first time. And as I mentioned, some of these sensitivities, like all these things that I had been numbing out of since a young age or numbing out from started to come back. So I started seeing things. I started having visions. I started just being connected on or on higher levels to higher dimensions and, and different like star beings, you know, I've been asking to, you know, have contact for maybe five years and things were starting to happen. And so the reason I brought this up was because 2020 and the level of information that was coming through, right? Like it was an information shit show. And in some ways the internet continues to be today, right? So we live in the information era and we are so cut off from our own intuition that we don't know what to trust and so again having the having the sensitivity within my own body to be able to feel that deeply of like okay what feels like truth yeah versus a lie like that was 
so beneficial during those years, uh, two years ago, yeah. and cont continues to this day. But mm. so this all being said, I was operating from a place of fear early 2020, because I didn't know what was going on. And April of 2022, I'd had a vision. Suddenly, everything just went black. And I saw militia in the streets, you know, armed people walking around. I saw buildings on fire. It was like pure chaos. Like everyone was screaming and angry and crying. And, and like, I'm just feeling this in my body. And we had just locked down and I'm like, oh my God, why did that feel so real? That was one terrifying. Uh, two, I, again, I just didn't understand what I was seeing and feeling and why it felt so real. So I called up an intuitive that I know just because I needed some clarity. I was like, and I told her what had just happened. And I was like, am I going crazy? Why am I, am I, is my fear taking over? Why did I see that? Like, is this going to happen? Is this coming because of the virus? Is this because of like forced vaccines? Like, why is the army here? Like what's going on? And she just looks at me. She's like, girl, she's like, you are my eighth call from California today saying a very similar thing. She's like, just know you're not going crazy. She said, this is coming in the future. She's like, I can't tell you like under what circumstance, but just know that you are not crazy and you are tapping into certain timelines. Yeah. And so I was fucking on edge, like for like, you know, after hearing that. So this is, and it wasn't until, that was April of 2020. Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't until that summer when the whole George Floyd riots broke out and the protests yeah. that I hit the peak of that emotion and was like basically revisited by that vision through the television screen. Yes. Watching in the streets of Los Angeles, militia was in the streets. There was army tankers, buildings were on fire. Everyone was just like deep in anger and rage and depression. And, and it just all hit me again. And I was like, this was it. This was what I was seeing. And sure enough, here it was. And, and that was actually my wake up moment because I had been along for the entire COVID pandemic ride really? up until that point. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And you know, with the, with the amount of research I was doing, I, I knew that. Wow. I mean, are we allowed to go into, I don't know where you put this podcast or. Yeah, go in. Um, we'll see. Deal with that later. <laughs> okay. So I had always had a thing against, not a thing against. So I had always had my eye on Bill Gates. Okay, right? yeah. he, <laughs> he made the Monsanto film. Say that again. Having made the Monsanto film and just looking at his involvement with GMOs and this idea to feed the world and this is how you're going to do it. It's like, okay, sir, like, I'm sorry. You are the richest man in the world. You could, if you wanted to, heal all of agriculture by the, like by restoring our soil, like yep. rather than killing it with the pesticides. So yeah. anyways, I really just, I was like, all right, you are not as smart as you think you are. And there's definitely some other agendas that yeah, play, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I had my eye on him. And again, 2020, I grew up in California, incredibly liberal. All my friends exist in Hollywood. And um, sure enough, I, I would get my news from the daily show. Like that's where I was still existing during the okay, pandemic. Okay. And it wasn't until I saw Bill Gates come on and, you know, talking about how he's going to vaccinate the world and this is how we're going to get through it. Being on The Daily Show, I was like, wait, 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 like Trevor, Trevor, Trevor literally like, wanted I you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, why is he there? Why is he on the screen right now? And that was my moment when I was like, it slowly started to uncrumble. And I was like, oh, I see. 
Like we are all being mass manipulated on every level within this mainstream media, no matter if you are on the left or the right, like it is just like that Native American quote, you know, two wings on the same bird. Mm -hmm. And so I started speaking out and, you know, I, I felt it was my duty to wake up the world <laughs> over social media. And meanwhile, I'm editing the documentary and the person who was funding our film, um, he's Netflix affiliated. So I don't know if you've seen Cowspiracy or What the Hell or I've anything like it, that. Yeah. yeah, so he was my, he's, he was one of my favorite directors, right? If he just set out with a camera and created this film that went viral. And I was like, if he can do it, I can do it too. So needless okay. to say, he was my mentor and, and a big um, advisor and supporting me during those times. And, you know, he called me up one day and was like, Ariana, look, like, I get why you feel that you need to be speaking out over social media, but it is not your job to wake up the world through social media. Your job is to make the movies that are going to then blast off to a larger audience. And that really resonated. I was like, okay, that makes sense. However, it was so hard for me to control myself during those times because this fire was like bubbling up in me where I was like, I need to get this out now. Like I don't have three years to be editing a film that then like all this stuff is happening now. And yeah. as, as I was speaking about these things, you know, I had friends calling me up. All my friends from film school were the ones that were probably, um, for lack of a better term, I guess, criticizing and attacking me the most and challenging me the most. And again, I, I appreciate a challenge, but when it's clearly coming from a place of just trying to prove me wrong and send me the fact checks and the articles, it, it felt, um, yeah, just really unsafe. My whole, like, like needless to say, my whole reality was crumbling because I hadn't yet met a new community. Mm. And, you know, I had friends calling me, you know, asking like, what's your problem with Bill Gates? Like you realize mm. he's, you know, he owns all these media corporations. Like you need to stop talking about him. Another friend who was working um, in one of the big studios, she called one of my best friends, my roommate from college. And she was like, look, Ariana, I get why you like to talk about the things that you talk about. However, not everyone sees the world as you do. And if you continue to talk about these things that are linked to these conspiracy theories, Netflix is not going to buy your movie. Like they will not amplify your voice as a director if they think you believe in these child trafficking conspiracies. They're like, you're making it sound like you voted for Trump. Like they will not buy your movie. And this I'm is like, so annoying. This is the levels of like what people will do just to get onto Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> and I wanted Wait, it is that so the reality? I wanted it so badly. Yeah, yeah. Right. I thought that that was my trajectory as a filmmaker. I was like, this is it. I had seen such a clear path laid out for me, mm. you know, graduate film school, move to LA, like, get on to Netflix. And, and again, my, my film was being funded by someone that was a Netflix yeah. producer. So I was like, oh my God, this is it. My creative ego was like yeah. loving it. Yeah. But I realized my, my desire to have those accolades tied to the Hollywood structure yes. that would do all the things that my ego wanted it to do. It would impress my peers. You know, my, my school would be so proud of me. Like I would get the recognition but I was like, this is putting a muzzle on my voice. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm just like, ah. <laughs> Yes. So all of this has been like the biggest warrior training ground for me to, as a filmmaker and storyteller, really discover one, like why I was born here during these times yeah, and then to build the confidence behind my own voice, right. To, to discover that. And, yeah. and yeah, I fucking went through the ringer. Like it yeah. felt, um, I mean, that's a huge thing anyway, just in general, 
I, it sounds like you, it was just, you couldn't stop. You couldn't, it was just coming out and you had to share mm. and post. And, and then it's almost like the, the majority of the people in your surrounding were saying, no, don't do that because of this, because of that, because of this, you need to conform. Yes. <laughs> and then for you to actually be like, you know what, that's not the direction I'm going in. That's really powerful. Yeah. All of a sudden to realize, oh, wait, we're, we're not doing it just for these materialistic gains, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was a big, like, turning point for me when I was able to see it from that perspective and, and let go, really let go of my desire to do it that way. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up leaving California and wow. ever since that moment, it was, I've allowed spirit to guide me mm. because nothing has made logical sense since then. Mm. Right. My logic is so tied to my ego right? That wants to keep me safe alongside everyone else who thinks they know what's best for me, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think like so many of us, I have lost a lot of friends and, and I know that, yes, you know, it's, they still exist, right? I could reach out to them today and things would be fine and we could overcome our differences. There are some people who have blocked me and completely dropped off the map. <laughs> um, but again, like I, I thank them because for whatever reason, the, the contract or the agreement that we had as individuals to show up for each other and, and trigger each other in these ways, it was all necessary to feel the pain of upsetting people that you once, you know, were so close with or loved or sought their approval. Um, it was all necessary to, again, come back to center and just recognize, okay, what's real for me? What's true? Where am I being asked to grow? Um, and, and really, I guess, level up as you come into it from a place of confidence and clarity of, okay, I was born here with the gift of storytelling and filmmaking and the desire to blast these messages out to the world during these times. Because again, I think more than just the information that I want to bring to people, I recognize now that it's it's my own specific energetic signature of who I am as a person. That's also going to speak to them in terms of the courage that I've discovered along this path in my own expression and using my voice. And so if people can see the films that I'm making and then yes, they're getting information and learning some things, but they're simultaneously getting to witness me and Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, I've had filmmakers that I look up to. And I'm, again, like I said, if they can do it, I can do it too. They ignited a spark in me beyond just the information they were sharing on the screen. So if I can help ignite sparks across this planet in whatever way, shape or form that looks like, because for every person, it's going to be so unique the way that we inspire them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm very clear with that now. And mm-hmm. it's really exciting. And, and it, I do feel a little impatient because I feel that on some levels I'm starting over. Right. I had spent three years on that film with the Netflix, you know, affiliation and all that fell through in 2020. And I had to say goodbye. And uh, when I moved to California or when I moved out of California, I was having a vision of a film that came through. And <laughs> I guess I can share that now. Um, it was fire season in California. And I was dehydrating myself. Like I did not want to touch the water. And I remembered this video I had seen of these birds 
where they had set up a time lapse and they put down GMO seeds and then non-GMO seeds. And on the time lapse video, the birds deliberately avoided the GMO seeds. And so I thought about that and I was like, huh, there's something in the water that my body knows I don't want. And then it just like hit me. And I saw all the heavy metals and I saw aluminum specifically. And it was just like, oh my God, I need to test the water. I need to test the soil. I need to test the foliage. Like I think it's coming from the sky. And sure enough, I was introduced to the idea of solar radiation management. I don't know if you've ever heard about that solar radiation management. Interesting. It's large. So it's, it's a Bill Gates funded project. They claim it's theoretical, but they've been fun. It's, I won't get too deep into it right here um, because it is something that's kind of in the (laughs) works. But needless to say, it's it's large scale climate manipulation. Yeah. And and again, it was my intuition that led me to learning and uncovering these things. And I was resisting it because I was just like, do I really have to make a movie about this? Do I have like do I want to be the conspiracy theorist? You know, Um, and yet I was shown the vision. I was shown I was shown who I'd be making the film with. It was a, it was a guy who was going to be a cinematographer. I would meet him in Sedona. I, I saw the whole trajectory of like, it just like played out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm supposed to go to Sedona. Wow. And so I started going to Sedona. And that was actually when my business partnership fell apart. And again, it was things out of my control. And she started just feeling nervous that I was leaving to Sedona a lot. I'm like, we're working remotely anyways. Like, you know, um, what's what's wrong and she's like I just I can't handle the fact that you keep leaving promise me I'm not going to lose you in Sedona promise me you're not going to run away to Sedona and I'm like what is like where is this coming from like you know I hadn't told her about any of this because again it didn't make sense to me and I didn't think it was real it was just this vision I had in my head Mm -hmm. meanwhile my current filmmaking partner was a woman so again I didn't see her in that vision but sure enough the more I went to Sedona and the closer I got to meeting my current documentary partner um she was just like, I'm done. Like when I was in Sedona one day, she's like, I can't do this anymore. Like have fun in Sedona. And I was like, Whoa, okay. Uh, well, um, and it was just no questions asked. No, you couldn't have a conversation. And again, it all had to happen. Like it was this process where we had to let each other free because where I wanted to go was, um, in a place that didn't feel as safe for her from what I can imagine. And and sure enough, I, my current documentary partner who we're working on a film together right now, um, when we met, it was like, I was struck with like a lightning bolt. Like he was standing there holding a camera and it was just that feeling of like, oh my God, it's you. And I didn't know this at the time, but I went and like Facebook stalked him. So I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Turns out we were born same day, same year. Wow. And I was like, Ooh, that's a fun little coincidence right there. And I asked him and we, we kind of freaked out about that. We're like, no way. And we're like, what's your, what are your other signs? And he's like, well, I'm a Libra. And I was, or, well, I'm double Libra rising Sagittarius. And I was like, oh my God, I'm double Libra rising Sagittarius. And I was like, can you send me your birth chart? Like, I'm so curious. What does it look like? And he sent it to me and I was like, wait, wait, this is my birth chart. <laughs> Every planet's the same degree. So I don't know if you're into astrology at all, but we were born same time even. Wow same hemisphere. So again, it's like we popped out in the same moment of time and um, had the exact same views of like the films we wanted to make, the the experiences that had happened to us. He had had a business partnership fall apart and like his last project he was working on literally crumbled at the same time I did. And it was just like, we knew that we both had to come to Sedona for this like next phase of what we were stepping into. And so needless wow. to say, it was just a wild experience. And, and again, this is what I mean where 
I've just been allowing spirit and I guess the synchronicities to guide me because it's been a much easier process than trying to analyze everything with my own logic Mm. (laughs) of like, what should I be doing? What's right? What's wrong? Um, And I'm just like, show me the way, like make it magical as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. Sounds very magical though. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's (laughs) oh my god. What to begin? So much that you shared there. Yeah, that was a lot. (laughs) It's wild. I mean, yeah, I think all of us have gone through a crazy transformation with like people around us and friends, and and it's just the way that it is, isn't it? The way that it's playing out, and everyone is playing their role. I like that's how you describe it like that. You know, it had to happen that way. You know. Yeah. 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 Wild. And it's amazing as well that you, because it sounds like you were also going through the transformation as much as you knew and you had the intuition, there was still the unraveling that was taking place from like the Hollywood. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It took me a long time too. Like, and again, you can ask Ryan. um, Oh my God, he had to... That guy's amazing. He's such like a rock. He's so solid. Whereas I was like on this emotional roller coaster of like, wait, like, do I really want to let go? Like, do I want to again? And I was, I went through a phase of being equally excited, but then equally terrified of the new reality I was stepping into. Mm. Right. In the sense of, you know, that there's the, there's the Hollywood films, right. The, The documentaries that make it onto Netflix. And those are, what are traditionally again revered and seen by the world and then there's the alternative space right conspiracy films and it was just like well I don't want to be that and I don't want that so having to come to the recognition where it's like you know there is this new this new form of media being birthed Mm. right and it can be whatever we want it to be and I think Mm. so many of us are called forward right now as the bridge builders right you know I have so many beautiful friends that exist in you know the just like fully in the esoteric arts or they're they're healers or spiritual coaches or you know in some ways it's like they are leaders in their own right for I'm going to put the two worlds here so we have you know this is the uh, the matrix right the for lack of a better term, 3D, 5D. Again, I don't like to use these terms quite as much, yeah. but that's the best way that I can understand it. Yeah. And and there's like they're doing their work over here. People that are still existing in this state of mind, and you know, they're they don't even they can't even see this reality. They they don't even know that it exists, you know. And so I think there is a whole sector of humanity that's really being called to mm-hmm. step up into leadership and and become yeah. the builders right and to whether it's you know um creating media so right now um I'm helping Mickey Willis with so he was the director of Plandemic Mm. and you know currently again when I looked at the Hollywood structure I was like there's no one that I necessarily want to be learning under Mm. right now in that field um but I believe so strongly in mentorship so it's just like who do I, who do I go to? Who do I get, who do I learn from? Who's doing what I want to be doing and, and broadcasting it on a large scale and having the courage to show up and tell some of these stories. And, and I thought, Oh, Mickey Willis, like the way he went out on the front lines as a filmmaker 
and and start interviewing whistleblowers and really kind of uncovering what went down during the pandemic I was just like floored because it was all the research I had done yeah put together in a movie and I was like oh thank god someone else did it so that I didn't have to like call out Bill Gates (laughs) and one thing that he said to me which I loved and you know, we were talking about the systems of indoctrination and he was like, well, you recognize that they're using the media to keep people in a mass state of illusion and in this fear state and anger. He's like, so, you know, if as much as like, he's such a heart centered being, but there was still this, you know, we need to fight fire with fire. Like if they are controlling the masses through the media, let's fight fire with fire and use the media to help awaken and like liberate them, mm. you know? And so that was beautiful to me because I'm like, yeah, you know, there, yeah, there are still so many people. And if you want to reach a wider audience, you do need to know how to speak that language, right. As opposed to only existing in the esoteric, yes, you know? Yes. Yeah. Because I, a lot of the time as well, I think it, it comes down to practicality. That's mm-hmm. how you can, uh, communicate with people mm-hmm. to actually get it like you say this 3d 5d like, what even is that you know yeah but right. if, they're <laughs> lost them and they're like oh you're just one of those spiritual people yeah. and, and i'm guilty of it because it's so natural to me to yeah. but it speak in those terms yeah and also it's fair enough as well because all i think sometimes it's really good to just get the definition of what we're trying to actually say first of all but at the same time they are also very real you know yeah yeah but it was, I love it because film is so powerful. That's how we can tell stories and that's how we can educate and learn. Like mm-hmm. you said, the pandemic series. So many people watch those. I remember watching that as well. It broke records. It hit over a billion views, that first one. It was the most seen and most censored documentary in history. Imagine what it would be at if it wasn't as censored as it was. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's so many people that you're reaching there. It's so powerful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and again, I, I see this, this reality only growing, yeah. right? The, the reality that, you know, um, uh, let's see how to phrase it. I guess the reality that is, has its foundation in truth yeah. and um, community and, and again, all of the, the things that they're trying to separate us from, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's, yeah, just, just togetherness. And um, mm-hmm. it, it feels like we're being funneled into these digital worlds that are, you know, <laughs> that's a whole conversation in itself. And there's beauty in technology, right? You and I get to connect right now and yes. you're going to be able to blast this off to your audience and it's it's necessary yep right everything that we're witnessing and the the transformation it's all necessary yes but it's how do we use it as a tool rather than letting the tools use us yeah and being more intentional with it I find. Mm-hmm. but as you were talking now as well um yeah the one thing that i came up was just this whole, you know, concept of following your, I like how you said your creative ego. <laughs> there. And then, um, and then it's like just recognizing and realizing, no, we're here for something so much bigger than that. 
bigger than you know all of us you know yes or or as us individually it's like we're we're here for a different part a different purpose you know mm-hmm. and it's just wild uh, being able to stand in that and another thing you said about is like training warrior training <laughs> that's what it feels like yeah. because it hasn't been you know rainbows and butterflies like this shit has been challenging. Mm. It's taken you into the depths of your own uh, God, like trauma and fear. And um, no, this has been equally the most challenging two years of my life, but I can honest to God say the best two years of my life, Mm -hmm. like the amount of liberation I have found (laughs) through my entire world Mm. crumbling Yes, I wouldn't trade that for anything. Like, Love that. I feel that so many of us were born onto this planet um, to be free, and and we haven't been, and we didn't know that we weren't, yeah, right? We, yeah. and, and we didn't know the levels. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there's still some. I know there's some. It's inevitable, right? Um, yeah, you know, and I think again, as someone who in my younger years during the the masking and the numbing and just trying to feel normal, I had come across a lot of addiction, right? Addiction to, again, like relationships, people, sex, drugs, food, um, just a lot of things that took me out of my own center and body. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, those were some of my most challenging times, but really it was this feeling of enslavement, right? Enslaved to something going on in my own mind, something outside of me that I felt I needed, you know? So yeah, I mean, liberation on all levels is really like what I'm here to feel and experience. Yeah. And I think so many of us, again, resonate with this because, Mm. and that's where I think, you know, the, the lockdowns and, and the control and the clamping down and all that, like, that's why people were going nuts because it's like triggering this thing inside of us where, you know, um, the alarm bells. Yeah. 100%. It's just, it's just like, wait a minute. What? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) I have had a really hard time following rules placed by authority Yes. That just doesn't make sense. Like I can follow rules that make sense. Like, okay, I'm going to wear my seatbelt, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? It doesn't hurt. Like it might save my life. That's fine. I'll, I'll follow that rule. Mm. But if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But this I is can't. another thing I feel like that I noticed that a lot of people who are like realizing what's going on, they've always been a bit of a rebel. <laughs> yes. Thank God for the rebels. Yes. Like now is the time for like the rebels to rise. Exactly. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you have to be a rebel in today's society. Like the yes. entrepreneurs are the rebels. Like there are so many yeah. rebels. True. true. Um, even like if you look at the amount of ADHD, ADHD is something that I've definitely, you know, I don't want to say struggled with, but it's been part of my journey. And, you know, as a young girl, it doesn't get diagnosed because you're just the, the dreamer, the one that's always in your head. And, you know, I, I was always in my a world of my imagination. And so I didn't notice, like, it's not that it affected me in school necessarily. But as I started to notice this, like, inability to sit still and pay attention and do the things that I didn't want to do, that's the thing. Like, I can do anything fine as long as it's 
yeah. on my own accord and something I want to be doing. Yeah. Right. And, and I was on Adderall for six years and wow. I got off of it as soon as I left California, because again, I knew that wow. here was this drug I was taking that was setting me up on it was an artificial timeline. It was setting me up for something that wasn't made for my soul because it was allowing me to sit there and do the things that I didn't actually want to be doing. It like, it helped me. (laughs) And so I'm looking at the amount of people that are on this drug, which again, is just shocking. If you look at the children that are put on it, like, thank God I was in my twenties at least. Um, Mm. So they're giving you amphetamine And by nature, this diagnosis, ADHD, whatever's going on in your brain, you are more prone to addictions. That's just like uh, what they say. So if you have ADHD, you're more prone to addictions and they're giving you one of the most addictive substances to help it, right? So I'm like, okay, well, that's all backwards. And yes, it does help. Again, like I said, it helps you focus and sit still and get things done. Mm -hmm. But it was this really clear message where it was like, one, this is totally out of alignment with my beliefs around health and the pharmaceutical industry. And I felt like a slave to this drug because I felt that I needed it. And when I felt like I started to need it for my own creative expression, that's when I got really scared. So I was like, oh my God, this has taken over. Um, And so again, I I think it's always through my own experience that I've found, I've come to my views on all of these institutions right? Whether, whether it's the food that's made me sick, whether it's, yeah, just the way that I've been in and out of the hospital system and the pharmaceuticals. Um, so I'm, yeah, very passionate about this stuff. And in some ways it's funny people, we would get in arguments in film school and we would argue over whether something was true documentary filmmaking because the filmmaker had too much bias. Yeah. 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 I'm like, this is what we're living through. Like how I, I, I want to listen to the people that are most passionate who have mm-hmm. gone through the experience rather than just a journalist who doesn't know anything other than the research they've done and they're living in their own head. Yeah, like, yeah, I want to yeah, hear from the story of the person. Yeah. Like that. Why is that a problem in the first place? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's such a good so, point. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where journalism is actually shifting too yeah. for people that can see through what's happening right now where it's like, okay, people, I mean, on all levels, I think they're caring less about credentials and more about the resonance and I guess just building trust with an individual and, and the story that they live. Right. Um, And just, yeah, for me, it's like, okay, do I, do I trust you as a human? Yes. Delivering this information versus what you're, what you studied in school or you know yeah 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 it makes more sense so I'm intrigued about this process of you leaving California <laughs> and what do you want now <laughs> I don't know if I, I feel like um I know through that period of time having these conversations and you know speaking out a lot sometimes it's, it's just this strange energy you know that's just like <laughs> Throwing you in all sorts of different places, especially when people want to come and attack you, you know, with this this specific kind of way. How did you deal with this and and the like walking away from? Because it's not just mm-hmm. the place that you're leaving; it's like the part, the you that you're walking away from as well into a different version, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's a slow process, um, right? I think that's that's a big thing for anyone to remind themselves of who is kind of 
maybe feeling in a similar pivot point, Mm -hmm. right? Where they're feeling suffocated by their current reality and know that they have to leave, but don't know how or what it looks like. And um, yeah, it definitely took a lot of just surrender and trust, but it just started to, I guess the best way I can describe it, um, it's, you see, I, I feel things make more sense to me on in terms of energy than anything else. So it's more about like how something's making me feel. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe things. And so I was, I was feeling sick. I was feeling mm-hmm. suffocated. I um, okay. constantly felt that I had to be explaining myself, like over explaining to the point where it would zap all my energy. So, you know, I would yeah. get friends sliding into my DMS based on a post and they'd be like, well, we don't know why you're saying this. Da, 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 have you seen this? And I'd, I'd have to come at them with like the facts and this, and I'm going to research back, you know, and, and I was actually still on Adderall at that time. So on some level I had the energy to be doing that, right. Of just like, let me be in my head too. And in my mind, and I'm going to compete with your mind, with my mind. And we're going to get in these mind arguments. Yes. <laughs> and um, again, as I got off Adderall, which is a drug that keeps you very in your headspace, Adderall disconnected me from my heart. Like it makes it harder to tap into your emotional side. It makes it harder to um, tap into, I guess, just innate spiritual abilities. So it takes you very out of your feminine and puts you in your masculine, your doer, you know? Um, So again, that's where I was operating out of. That was my comfort zone, Mm. even though, yes, I am a highly intuitive female, right? But again, so much of our society has like, suppress that and push that down so just having grace on myself and recognizing that you know I'm about to embark on this big journey right moving out of California I knew that moving to Sedona would allow me the energetic space to get off this drug because I don't know if you've ever been to Sedona but they call it an energetic vortex and I was like what does that mean like I love that word vortex what does that mean to be in a vortex and as soon as I went I felt it. I was like, Oh my God, I was buzzing. I couldn't even drink coffee anymore. So it was just like, suddenly there was like this thing in my body that was being activated on an energetic level. That's again, the best way I can describe it. And, you know, and that's why a lot of people do come there for um, a spiritual experience. They come there to see the UFOs. It's a a dark sky community. So there's no streetlights at night. So you're very connected to the stars and the stars in themselves are very spiritual beings right um also providing information to us and so I knew that moving there I would be energetically supported right just simply the pure energetics of it I wouldn't feel that I needed it quite as much and I stopped working for a year so (laughs) like as I was in this redefining phase but yeah it was a process because you know like I said there was different points to it where I went through the phase of having to need needing feeling like I needed everyone's approval still Mm. and having to over explain and needing them to see where I was coming from and um Mm. and that's a very human thing yeah right that's fine but I can honestly say that where I have landed and the beliefs that I hold Hmm. How do I phrase this? 
I guess I like where I exist now. Mm. Like there's no time to debate with people over social media or even like engage with that. Like, it's just not relevant. I'm sorry, but again, if it's a friend coming to me that wants to have a real conversation or sit down on a podcast, like, great. Yes, yes. Because that's how we actually can share information because it's it's beyond just words on a screen typing from a place of our mind. It's it's the resonance and the frequency. <laughs> oh, so my God. It agrees. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm laughing so much. I'm knocking everything over. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of like what that process was. I'm trying to put myself back there and remember what it felt like. No, I know I found it very annoying with those mental conversations. It's just like trying to avoid it. Just like, no, 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 no. this is not. Because it then brings you out of your heart space as well. And it's like, that's not really how I want to operate. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it, and it zaps you. Um, totally, totally. Yeah, and I think that's part of the the difference between the the two realities where it's like do we want to operate in our mind or do we want to operate in our heart in our center yeah and also it's like do we want to have these nourishing conversations that you know like creating energy rather than the other thing which is zapping and taking away the ego battle yeah 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 it's just like yeah totally. a bunch of egos sitting around trying to be the best yeah so yeah. did it just naturally, the conversation stop happening online? <laughs> or did you actually have to just not respond? <laughs> there were some people that started blocking me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was fine, right? Because I had to feel that too of like, oh my God, they hate me. Like, what? But, you know, I think the more confident I became and the less, yes, the less I stopped giving a shit, I think I reached like in some people's eyes this is again all my own perception but from what I can feel I feel like to some of them I'm just past the point of no return so it's just like oh like she's gone like okay okay yeah we you know because at at one point you know I I posted about pandemic and they're sending me Snopes articles and fact checks and they're like you realize this all this has all been debunked you realize who this woman is yeah. And at this point it's like, oh wow, like she's not just posting about it. Like she's actually like that's her day job. Like she's like working for that, like mm-hmm. like with that film. Like, oh, you know, so it's <laughs> um I've just entered so deeply <laughs> into yeah, yeah. that belief structure of um yeah, just following where yeah. Yeah, following where I want to be. Yeah. And um yeah there's definitely a few people that still watch my stories and I don't ever hear from them and I think on some level I'm like oh I wonder if this is just like entertaining for them because it's so different and you know that's cool too um yeah it's so interesting this just I find the whole like relationship aspect to what's happening at the moment Mm -hmm. it's mad (laughs) a lot of my close like I said my my closest friends from film school some of them I just I don't hear from and that's okay because I think it's a totally natural process to evolve out of relationships Mm, that's true Um, you know and and I used to be so hard on myself for that because I also recognize you know I look at 
all the girls that I was friends with in high school and they're all bridesmaids at each other's weddings. And I'm like, that's so cute that they're all together still and have these memories from the past and get to have babies together and, you know, step into these new roles of womanhood and like to have that solid friendship and sisterhood. That's beautiful. Mm. And for some reason, I was always the one to get away. Like no matter what friend group, I can look back at all the friend groups throughout my life, whether it was high school, whether it was, you know, my junior college, whether it was my time studying abroad or even now with my film school. And it's like, I've had these solid friend groups yet for whatever reason, I was always the one to grow out of it. And here they are still all as close as can be. Mm. And so it made me feel really, like it made me feel like something was wrong with me, right? Do I have an issue maintaining relationships? Do I have, you know, am I am I self-centered? Why why am I suddenly not connected with them anymore? And they're all still close. Like, what is it about me that's causing this experience, right? And I was looking at it from a very judgmental place. And I quickly recognized. I like went back in my head and I'm like, okay, the Rolodex. I'm like, I still have like, like all those solid friends, like the ones, you know, you know, the ones you're going to keep along the way. It's like, all right, I got you. I got you. Yes. And these are my people for life. Yes. And equally, I just feel that my soul has been expanding and growing at such a rapid rate yeah. that I just like, I'm for lack of a better term, it feels like there's like this blasting off occurring and it's like, all right, like if you can keep up with me, let's go. Like, let's go. We're doing it. Like we're growing, we're evolving and we're going to meet so much soul fam along the way. And we're going to be all over the world and we're going to speak the same language and we're going to see the same things. And like, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps even as I say it, because, you know, it's just like, here you are even, right? It's just like, okay, like we can hear each other. Yeah, man, this is totally resonating. And it's funny because I don't think I really thought of that before, but it's the same thing with all different groups of friends and sometimes you you know I was the one that got away because I moved because I left because of you know something just happened and now it's just funny hearing you say it. I'm just thinking wow that has been me as well you know <laughs> but even the moving process right it's like yeah. how are you guys all still in the hometown yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> how'd you do that you know it's it's a soul uh like yeah who can't you know I can't stay in one place for too long because I start to feel that suffocation yes same yeah (laughs) and I know one day one day I want to settle down I know one day it's not going to be as fun to be bouncing around as much but for now it's like yeah this is the path and um equally again I used to another thing I used to judge myself on was (laughs) looking back at the sheer like the different types of people I have been friends with and just like the different groups I've been a part of where it's like, wait, 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 like I've hung out with like everyone across the spectrum. And yeah. again, would question, I'm like, like, what's wrong with me? Like, am I, mm. do I put on like a mask to fit in with different types of groups? Like, am I like, who, who am I really? Mm. Do I even know? And then again, one day it hit me as like just a spiritual revelation. And it was like, oh no, like you were supposed to have this experience of being close and able to connect with all these different people, no matter how weird it might feel looking back, because again, like to be able to connect with, I guess, a mass audience, like to be able to speak with and to speak to everyone. Yeah. That's definitely a skill. 100%. Yeah. 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 
It's mad. This path is just, I feel like it's, it really is, the, it requires a lot of courage. And it's just completely, it's mad just hearing you speak about your journey and just, yeah, like remembering and recognising and honouring that path of just having to walk your own way, no matter what, especially now throughout these few years, throughout this crazy time where people think you're the crazy one and you're just like, no, I know that I need to walk in this direction. (laughs) Oh, yes. Even hearing you say that, um, I think we're all such good reminders for one another. Yes. And and in some ways, yeah, it's nice to have constant reminders. Yeah, totally. Right? It's nice to have that reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's what keeps you going. That's what keeps you in a place of remembrance rather than reverting yes. to old patterns and fear and wanting to turn back mm. because mm. again the path forward we're walking into the unknown like what we're yes. doing has not been done before on planet earth I don't think yeah at least in this way yeah and also yeah totally and I also feel like that word you the remembrance is so important because what's happened is that we have forgotten so we're down here yeah. not knowing like this unknown this so the more reminders we have, the the better it is for us. And I've definitely found when I hear other people speaking their truth, it just spurs me on even more. And I'm just like, yes, let's go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the truth is such a beautiful thing. And like, it's so absolutely needed during these times. Yes. In all forms. Yeah. Right. Even if it's just like complete honesty between you and a friend and a partner like even that is revolutionary right now. Oh my God, that's so you know? Just to be honest, because even looking back at my younger self, I'm so to, to be honest, <laughs> um, I had a quite the journey with MDMA or Molly, whatever you want to call it, when I was in my early 20s. Definitely had a strong relationship with it in the sense of probably took more than I should have. However, I started to perceive it. It was my first kind of experience of working with like plant medicine, although this was not a plant and it was a chemical, but I got really fascinated by the component or the fact that it was being used in marriage counseling in the eighties, because I started to see it for what it was as a, it was like a truth serum, right? Where, you know, my friends and I would take it to party, but the night would end up in these like group therapy sessions where we were just expressing our souls in ways that we had never done before. Right. And this was before I had found the spiritual community or even ideas of consciousness. And so in some ways it was my stepping stone into, Mm. um, I guess, just the idea that a reality could even exist where you are so open and honest and communicative and, and seeing things through the lens of love versus fear. Like here we were sharing things where normally like out of fear, I would have held back like truths that were real to me, but I just couldn't bear say them. And, and they were being met with openness as opposed to anger, jealousy, or, or all these ugly human emotions that, you know, otherwise yeah. come up and, and, t- and all exist on some level of consciousness. Yeah. I I've always feel like, I don't know, we're all searching. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No matter what we're doing, no matter what we're taking, yeah. no matter, it's all the same thing, you know, <laughs> for this like spiritual yeah. recognition and remembrance. Yeah. Well, every, every substance, every, whether it's a book someone's picking up or if it's a drug they're ingesting, yeah. there is, like you said, there, there's, 
it's the seeking searching process. Um, and it all serves a purpose, whether it's someone yeah. again, trying to numb out because they simply feel too much and don't know how to fully process or understand that yet. Or if it's like, again, I had both, I had the trying to numb out, but then simultaneously, I think I started experimenting with drugs at a young age because I could just feel, I didn't know how else to explain it or what it even meant, but I could just feel that there was more to this reality than what was laid out in front of me. I was just like, okay, there has to be more, like, show me something else, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why, again, I am so like infinitely grateful for the community and the reality that I'm playing in now and existing in because it's, it's so infinitely magical where the recognition that we get to build and create whatever we want. And, um, you know, I, I look at regular society and I have so much empathy for the people that get lost in alcoholism and God, just the day to day and numbing out with TV shows. And I'm like, dude, I get it. Like, I've been there like it's it's so boring like when you aren't aware of the expansion that could be yeah 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 Yeah, I mean this is this is it this is the change this is the shift this is what we're all going through now yeah Um, but I'm intrigued to hear as well about your mom you said she's a shaman yeah yeah so she let me think what was that like growing up because I have another friend whose mom was like really deeply spiritual and he just didn't have anything to do with it for ages yeah well actually so my mom and I I feel that we are we've lived many lifetimes together Mm. we're definitely aware of that like I was I went in a past life regression once spontaneously um at a party (laughs) and it was one of the most powerful experiences of my life there was no medicine involved so I was entirely sober but I was taken to this time where Um, I I felt the power in my voice like I was singing and these songs were coming through but then equally it was met with this like fire and the pain and Mm. and it felt like a death and I I was telling my mom about it and she was just like she was like well you know um, she she had had memories of you know being burned at the stake right she's like I'm pretty sure you were there with me for you know being a witch and speaking out. And I've had people reflect this again and again about how I've lived many lifetimes doing exactly what I'm doing now, where I was, I guess, punished for my beliefs, punished for using my voice, whether I was a preacher on a corner or whether it was a witch or it just, you know, and, and so that's where I think this, there is so much um, fire in me seeing what's happening now and the level of suppression that's occurring with people's voices but it's equally like okay I'm here during this time to basically transcend old karma like this is the lifetime where I get to do it differently and I will not be punished for my voice I will not be punished for my truth and my beliefs so that's just the declaration that I've been carrying around but back to my mom um, yeah so her and I have a really beautiful relationship um it's all kind of unfolded let me think there's kind of a bit of a story it's disconnected from shamanism but I guess it's just like more of our spiritual Mm. just more of our relationship I guess which is has a really interesting story to it sort of I can I guess share that so when I was three years old I had incredible abandonment issues like I remember this where I remember we had this big window. My mom couldn't leave the house. So she stayed at home and worked. And like, if she left, I would just scream at this front window, like until I basically like cry myself to sleep, like suffocating. (laughs) And she couldn't leave. And 
I don't remember this, but she told me that one day we were sitting at the breakfast table and I looked to her and I say, mom, have I been here before? And she said, well, yes. And I say, well, was I me? Did I look like me? She said, no, you were different, but you were you. Yeah, you were you, but you look different. And she said, I kind of like took that in and processed it and thought about it. And then I just looked up at her and said, why did you leave me back then? (gasps) Right. And my mom, of course, is very sensitive and just like started crying. And she's like, oh my God, like, what is this three-year-old saying? But she knew. And she just said, if I left you back then, just know I've always loved you and I'm here with you now. And ever since that conversation, the anxiety, the whatever I was going through with her leaving, it dissipated. So I, no more abandonment issues, just knowing and hearing that, which was again, very profound to hear or like later on in life. I was like, wow, that's, that's a dope story. Also, um, the words that she delivered were just so comforting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it continued though. So when I was 12, I started making movies when I, I had a camera in my hand since seven years old and I started editing films maybe around 11 So just like on iMovie on the computer. And so I made this film called Angels in Disguise when I was 12 years old. And it was about a girl and her twin sister. And it was just the story of their sisterhood and they're always together, attached at the hip. And one day the sister gets hit by a car, an accident happens and she runs home crying. And she's like, oh my God, like Jessica or whatever her name was, you know, she's dead. And her parents are like, what are you talking about? And what's going on, honey? And she's like, my sister, she's like my twin, she's gone. And her parents like look at each other and they sit her down and they're like, honey, like we never told you about this, but like your sister didn't make it. Like you were the only twin that survived. Like it's only ever been you. And then suddenly all the photos started like uh, disappearing and it was just her in the photos. And now she can see that like she's, her sister's spirit has been with her this whole time. Wow. Yeah. And so I look over and (laughs) I remember my mom was bawling and I was kind of confused and weirded out. Like looking over, I was like, why are you crying so hard during this movie? Like, it's not that good. (laughs) And that's when she sat me down and told me another story. Uh And she told me that when she was born, there was a twin in the womb with her wow. and my mom was the only one that made it. Wow. And so my mom had always had this intuitive feeling that I was supposed to be her twin sister, but came back in the form of her daughter. Wow. And, and again, it all resonated because for me, my mom was born in 1954. So she got to live and come of age during the sixties and the seventies, the first revolution of consciousness was like, that was her time. And I always deeply resonated with that time period. And, you know, even my junior year film that I made in college, I took it back to 1969. And it was the time that the Brotherhood of Eternal Love, there was this group that basically decided that they were going to change the world through LSD and start a new religion. They thought that if they could get the entire world to try LSD, they would end all war, everyone would love each other. And so they became the largest distributors during the time. My, My school was in Orange, California. So the town of Orange was where all this was taking place. So I just deeply connected to that. And and part of me was like, man, like I wish I was alive during those times. And, you know, I heard something. Are you familiar with Dolores Cannon? This is so funny. I swear people keep saying that to me recently. (laughs) Interesting. So she was kind of the first, like, I'm sure you've kind of heard a little bit about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of the first person to put hypnotism on the scene before it was like hip, right? So that became her life work. She would just before the internet would travel around to 
speak with people yeah. and kind of put them into past life regressions and, and hear different versions, right, of their story. And she started to hear people all telling, shining the same tune and telling the same story about they had heard the call and planet Earth, planet Earth was in trouble. They had heard the call and were sent down here on a mission. And so she kept hearing people say they had heard the call, they had heard the call, they had heard the call over the world. And again, before times of the internet. So she was like, what is this yeah. thing that's happening? And so she made it her life's work to study that and essentially compiled a story, which she wrote all of her books off of. And I'm going to probably muck it up a little, but it was essentially what she had found from people was that, you know, the story of the intergalactic federation of light and how planet earth was this experiment in free will. And let me think, let me get back to the on track of how to best explain this. This is where it gets complicated. I know. I know. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, let me think if I can tell. So the story goes that planet Earth was an experiment in free will. Yeah, which it is. And yeah, yeah, right. And so, you know, intergalactic outside forces really couldn't do anything to influence planet Earth from the outside in. However, when human beings started experimenting with like the nuclear bomb and all the shit that we were doing, you know, all the, the galactic forces that were kind of looking over Earth, you know, we're looking down of like, what the hell are they doing? They real like, do they realize that if they destroy planet earth, it can mess with the entire solar system and galaxies in the universe. And so everyone cares about planet earth for this reason. And so that's why I do believe that we have a lot of intergalactic forces helping support us during these times. But apparently the story from Dolores Cannon goes that once they recognized that humanity essentially needed help, they started sending out troops, so to speak, where they said, okay, we cannot influence the human beings from out here. So we need to send in people from the outside and to influence from the inside out. So essentially the agreement would be that these, these beings, these star connected beings would come onto earth and they would have to forget everything and forget who they were. Yeah. Right. But it would be their mission to essentially remember and help like raise the frequency of the planet. Have you heard this story before from, her terms or anything and yeah, yeah different iterations but yeah yeah so when she said it I really resonated with it because she then explained how there was three generations right and the first one came out right around when my mom was born mm -hmm. right around that first revolution of consciousness that we were seeing and then the second generation she said that a lot of the times the first generation they lost track of the mission because they were the first ones. So they got yes. caught up in alcoholism. They got caught up in just the, wow. the anger. They, they had to lay the foundation, right? And so that's yeah. the thing. They, they were laying the foundation for the second generation to come in. This is so mad. I was literally having a conversation with a friend the other day who's a bit older, and he was saying the exact same thing. Mm. Like, because they were the first. Like, they some of them got a bit lost on the path, yeah. in a way. Because there was no one there to yes. help. There was no one, nothing that they could look to, yeah. right? And so when I'm thinking about my mom and I's story and my deep desire to have wanted to come out during these times and the potential that I maybe could have in a different form as my mom's twin, right? Mm -hmm. It was almost like part of our soul contract was I had to not be here then because she had to lay the foundation, right? And, and she did have some of that experience where, you know, she went on to become a rock star and got, you know, dealt with alcoholism and, and didn't rediscover her spiritual path until later years. Right. But 
a lot of the work that I feel called to do, like she looks at me and she's like, Ariana, she's like, I cannot get into politics. I cannot get into this. She's like, that is just my nervous system can't handle it. That is not for me to do. And so her work is very, um, it feels like it laid the foundation for me to have the safety yes. and almost confidence to come into this world, like almost with, with her as a support system, mm-hmm. right. To, for her to really see me and understand who I was as this star child, right. Someone who was deeply connected, what an indigo child, yeah, you know? Um, and so she always saw that in me. That's and amazing. while I didn't like before I saw it in myself, right. Yeah. I started yeah. The influence of not just drugs, but society, right. Wanting to be normal and fit in with the world around me. And so I completely suppressed myself, mm. but yeah. And so with Dolores Cannon's work, that's, that's where I resonated. And with my mom and I, um, yeah. So she didn't start studying shamanism probably till I was in high school. And that's when she's kind of started to rediscover her own spiritual path as part of her healing. Mm -hmm. And of course I just thought it was weird and had to discover it on my own Mm -hmm. terms. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) It's so funny, isn't it? How people can see it in you before you, you even see it. One of my friends was saying this the other day as well. It's like, he explained it like there's an extra door you can, it's almost like there's an extra door there that you can see, but they can't yet see it, but you know that they're going to walk through it at some point. <laughs> I love that. I know. I love that too. Yeah. Again, I think it's just part of like the, the trust and surrender, right? Yeah. You, you kind of take a step back. Like I kind of see that with my little brother. He's, he just turned 18, but he called me up one day and was just like, Hey Ari what do you know about aliens? And I was like, ooh. <laughs> He's kind of joking around. I'm like, well, I think I am one. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, he's really receptive and open. I'm like, okay, let's go into this. And, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and like, I've been learning about astral projection and, and I think auras are really cool. Like, how can you see auras? And, and I was just like, wow, like you are, yeah, it was just a beautiful thing to see how open he is. Needless to say, again, I'm, I'm the crazy one in the family who is the conspiracy theorist and, um you know they they we don't see eye to eye on many of the like more worldly matters Mm -hmm. but at the same time just seeing seeing how open he is to the idea of you know crystals having energy and and these yeah higher states of consciousness I'm like okay it's it's in you it's there yeah yeah yeah. um the door is slowly cracking open which eventually shows the full picture because again I had my door cracked open to spirituality but I was so under the illusion still of what this world really was right and the political structure and all that right but yeah that's what I mean I felt like my true awakening wasn't until 2020 when I was able to see yeah it's funny isn't it when um other people ask you questions because I feel like it's a very intricate dance of you know what to say because <laughs> you're not just gonna be like yes so here it is <laughs> you know yeah so have you got uh, different views with your mum as well or are you kind of on a similar page um she kind of like prefers to just like hang out in nature and talk to the birds and <laughs> yeah because they're definitely very like political side of the awakening as well. Yes. Yes. And I, I went really deep into that. And even now I'm kind of recognizing like, okay, 
it's a little exhausting to fully exist in that realm mm -hmm. because it is still so heady, right? It's so charged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I understand where my mom wants nothing to do with it. Um, but no, she, because, so I moved back home during 2020. So she was living with me during the thick of the pandemic. So she got to hear it all, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a point of friction in the beginning. Um, but we've, she's the one family member who um, really kind of holds the same beliefs that I do and yeah, I trusted her intuition, um, you know, ended up losing her job as the choir director for not getting the, you know, inoculation. And, um, but just again, trusting the process of trusting your own intuition of just feeling, well, this isn't mine to do. I don't feel like I need to do this. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, I would say that we're very much on the same page in different ways. Mm -hmm. yeah which is beautiful yeah I was gonna say to you earlier you um have you heard of Vandana Shiva yes she's so amazing I just found her the other day and I just love how she speaks about old Billy Gates <laughs> yeah when I said, yeah she's like the perfect example of amazing. I think leadership as an activist who yes. is clearly coming from a highly intellectual place right she yeah. is just yeah. like a bombshell with her PhD, but then yeah. equally she holds uh, such wisdom yes. in all that is spiritual. Because again, I think for too long, this reality that we've existed in has separated the intellect, the science and whatever the heck else from the spiritual. So and we're, we're much separation. Yeah. And, and we're entering the time where it's like, we are seeing that they coexist. Like you can't have one without the other. Mm. for true homeostasis I believe mm. you know even the science behind spirituality like all of that's starting to come out with yeah. people like Dr. Joe Dispenza and I'm like this is amazing yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. to break it down from that place of again esoteric woo-woo theoretical concepts so that to be the bridge so that people can start to recognize like oh my god like you can do more to heal yourself through meditation than maybe you can with these pharmaceuticals because we've, we've grown up thinking like we're just physical matter. And if we're physical matter, then matter can only affect matter. So here's some matter for you in the form of pills. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, bandana Shiva though. She's amazing. She, I actually got the chance to interview her when we were making the Monsanto film, oh, because wow. again, just like everything else, she is uh, just a powerhouse on top of all these corporations that and are doing things to destroy the environment. So and it's funny because I actually, it was through the process of making that film that I was able to see, again, not just the corruption within our own regulatory agencies like the EPA, the USDA, the FDA. I saw all the cover-up that was occurring just there. And I started to look beyond. I was like, oh my God, this is not just staying still in America. Like this is the WHO, the UN, and the reason I saw that the UN was corrupt because, you know, the UN is the one that's ushering in the, the sustainable development goals of 2030 mm -hmm. from the surface. What a beautiful thing, right? Like it, of course, of course, people are going to want to say yes to that. However, when I saw their number one goal, which was ending world hunger, I looked at who their corporate sponsors were and sure enough, it was Monsanto. So I was like, okay, so Monsanto who has been touting the infamous this is how we feed the world. Meanwhile, they're destroying the planet with their GMOs and glyphosate and destroying the 
on the very fundamental level, the, the micronutrients, the microbiome of the soil, right? The human being gets so sick as soon as we start to destroy the gut. If we don't have the foundation of our gut, that's when all illness comes. So again, the soil is the foundational like health for planet earth, which is why this movement in regenerative agriculture. And I think why people like Vandana Shiva is, you know, all these leaders are rising to the top right now because we need them more than ever. We need their voices yeah. protecting the earth totally. in these ways. Yeah, the, yeah, and truth, the, the real truth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But you totally have to do something with this documentary. I, feel I know. Like footage. I, yeah. I'm releasing the idea of, again, having to be this like feature filmmaker, documentary filmmaker, and, and I'm seeing the value, again, coming back to social media. Yeah, man. It's where it's just like short form content. You can... And to be honest, I'm going to declare this here because this is where I'm, I'm really feeling called to step into. And I've been avoiding it for 10 years because of my own personal beliefs around it. But like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. Like, Oh, mate. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, just to get it out there. I've, I've been like, I don't want to be a YouTuber. And I've yeah. built up these ideas. Like, I don't want to just sit to a camera and talk. But I'm like, oh, my God, you can get so much out there in a short amount of time. Yeah. And the world is ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I think I've also been avoiding it for freaking ages like literally I don't want to be on the camera and like I don't want it to be about me whatever and then yeah. it's like you need to get we need to get over that because that's not the yeah. point and the point is just to deliver the mm -hmm. information really you said something you said I don't want it to be about me because this is something where again I'm having to like check myself and it's because I I once had such a, a strong relationship with my ego and we all do as human beings yeah. Yeah. right yes. but because I've I'm so like hyper aware of like, ooh, I don't want something to be coming from a place of yes. ego and I want to make sure it's coming yeah. from heart and this and that. It's almost like we're tiptoeing around yeah, our yeah, own yeah, yeah. Totally. right? Because if if we are the ones that are meant to be delivering this message and it's yeah. us that the people are meant to be connecting to, yeah. we are literally getting in our own way yeah, by exactly. trying to make it not about us because like the ego has been, you know, like, so, you know, we're, we're now punishing the ego and yeah. there is some form of ego that's healthy, right? And there's also like this, it's our intuition telling us, put yourself on freaking camera yes. and what you're resisting is often your greatest medicine yeah, and the medicine true. that everyone else then needs. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's another thing too, that I want to share, because this has been my biggest, most invaluable piece of advice that I've received over these years in my own process of finding my voice and the stories I want to tell, because so many people right now are creating content. So many people right now are speaking about things and sharing stories. And, and I would always get stuck in this place of like, oh, like the story's already been told or there's enough yeah. people about this and that, like, ah, like maybe that's not supposed to be what I'm talking about. And I'd get in my head and I'd, I would like analyze myself out of following the thing that I'm most passionate about because it's like, who am I to have these qualifications, whatever, all the mind stories. So someone, a mentor told me, they're like, Ariana, they looked me in the eye and they said, there are people on this planet who are only going to have the ability to receive this information and this message through you. Mm -hmm. That's why it's coming to you right now. That's why you have this idea, no matter how many other people seem to be doing the same thing or speaking about the same thing, it's coming to you for a reason Yes, and it's yours to deliver. Mm, I love that. Yeah yeah that's been just invaluable to me to constantly remind myself and you know yeah because it's very easy to look at other people and think oh no but what am I saying and what you know yeah who am I they're yeah. already doing it better they already have a following doing the yes. same thing you know so true 
I just feel like we just need to get over ourselves a bit sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all with it. finding the courage, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, all of it is coming from, it all stems from a part of ourselves that just wants to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just ready to say, fuck all y'all. Like, let's just live. Like, let's. Yes. Exactly. Do what mm. our soul is calling us forward for, mm. or right, rise up to the occasion, yeah. you know, and get out of our own way. We have to get out of our own way. That's the biggest yeah. lesson that I keep hearing. Just like, get out of your own way. Yeah, get on with it. Yeah. What? So um, we were just talking about the agriculture and all the corruption and all that stuff. Yeah. So what is your interpretation of this mission and? why everything is this way and you know like the bigger picture I like talking about this you know to get other people yeah. <laughs> hmm. well the big picture from my interpretation oh my god and there's so many layers of it <laughs> and the, the safest layer I'm not even going to go into this one because this is just the general but I'm just going to put it out there the safest layer and the most general that people can hear is money right yeah that's very true I like the way money you did that vaccines, with the GMOs, with the pesticides, money, right? The corporation can make a heck of a lot of money, right? But again, there's the Later. there's the uh, spiritual layer. I, I do believe that we are living in a spiritual war right now. I think World War III is occurring as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's happening through these. It's happening through the information. It's They're getting into our mind in ways that hasn't happened before. Um, and, and manipulating and influencing and um, to be honest okay so oh my god where do I start there's a big question on it okay let me think but that's funny as well just one of my friends we, we've been chatting since 2020 like yeah what's going on what's going on and he was like Jess it's the information virus I like to call it the information virus yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's what's making people sick. Yes. You know, it's the information that we're consuming, which is dictating our frequency, our mood, our beliefs in the world and how yes. afraid we are or how liberated we are. Um, so, true. Oh, so I think with, with agriculture though, and yeah. gosh, if you look over, Ooh, okay. Here, if I had to break it down to one thing with what I'm witnessing right now with, um, the pharmaceutical industry with what I'm witnessing in the agricultural industry and the genetically modified seeds and this push towards, you know, this AI future with virtual reality and transhumanism where we're all living in the metaverse. Um, it's a, it's a takeover of the natural world by I mean, for the easiest way, I mean, the most human way to explain it is by the corporation, right? So they're patenting every part of nature. Like they want to own and control everything, right? So there's there's a layer of it's the control that's happening on planet Earth. Um, mm. There is... Mm. Let me think about it because this, like I said, this is so big and I have so many interpretations of it that I've thought about in many different, during many different times. 
<laughs> so to pull it down into one like concise um there i mean yeah there, it's the depopulation agenda it's transhumanism it's um the takeover of mother earth the nature it's it's essentially okay let me instead of the whole gosh it's easier for me to think on smaller terms like using examples mm -hmm. okay so like i could talk about and maybe this isn't what you want though because it is a smaller example but glyphosate the active ingredient in Monsanto's Roundup, the most used chemical and pesticide, it, they're spraying it over everything. It actually has the ability to delete the, it destroys the um, shikimate pathway that produces the amino acids in our food. So it destroys the uh, food's ability to create the medicine. So like they are literally engineering the medicine out of our food, whether that's intentional or not. That's a you know, question. Yeah. what? That's a different question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to think of like, I, I think for my own terms, I'm thinking out loud right now. Mm. So you can cut all of this. But I'm thinking of like, what is happening on the big picture based on what I can see in all these little examples. Yeah, and it's um, on all these different and like the human being is now patentable through the vaccine. I don't know if you heard about that. No, but there was a court case for in 2013 where they were talking about you can't patent human DNA. Um, however, and there's a clause if it's been modified by RN, mRNA technology, it is patentable and owned by the corporation. I so, guess kind of already owned by the corporation. <laughs> I know in many ways. Yeah. So again, you don't need to put all this stuff in. I'm just thinking out loud. Okay. Can you ask me the question again? What's happening? <laughs> I mean, I like your answer, to be honest, because it's like a mess. You know, this whole place is a mess right now. <laughs> it's like, where to even begin? <laughs> Truly, yeah. I mean, and I think that's kind of where we were talking about, you know, how how we're having conversations with and how we're kind of dealing with having left our old life behind and old relationships behind. I have felt sad sometimes but equally again it's just where I'm at but it's like where do I even begin to catch people up to speed yes, yes. to see the world through my eyes with the perspective I now carry based on three years of research from just the Monsanto film alone and going taking a deep dive into the corruption surrounding agriculture yeah. right to then the two years diving into what's happening on the global scale because of yes. the pandemic had I not had the background with Monsanto and the EPA, I would not have been able to interpret yes. the bigger COVID picture, yes. right? And how that manipulation could be happening on a large scale with all of the regulatory agencies and all of the scientists and academics that are, you know, like, and so, yes, how to catch people up to speed on what is really happening. And I think it's, it's almost impossible because of the different layers. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah, there are so many layers. Yeah, and it's how do you want to look at the world? Are you looking at it through a lens of like the apocalypse is occurring and <laughs> you know, it, that's going to bring a whole different story behind the big picture versus, you know, the the light workers who are here, you know, helping planet Earth ascend, right? As she goes through the shakeup and yep. all the shit has to bubble to the surface. Um and all the corruption is going to, you know, come to light. Uh, there's, yeah. it's so interesting though, because one thing I feel like that I keep being reminded of is that it's all happening. You know, 
it's a finding a way to encompass all of it mm. and that aspect of us you know stepping into our multi-dimensionality you know it's like mm. it's the way that we see things it's the way we perceive it's the way we think it's not just the apocalypse like yeah it is but it's also mm. you know <laughs> also this it's like yeah. yes and yes yeah. and yes and which I think is a lesson in itself for humanity during these yes. times because you can find facts to back up any piece of information you want, right? If you want to believe that, you know, we are all going to die from this virus, like you can find facts to back that up, right? If you want to believe that this virus is not real, you can find facts to back that up. Like it's so true. It's all up. And and I think the bigger lesson is in what you said, the multidimensionality of it all, Mm. like it all exists. It all is real. And that's kind of the beauty of planet earth. And I think, Mm. Ooh, something's coming through. Mm. I think that's what we are witnessing and recognizing during these times. And I think that's where a lot of the um, medicine comes in and a lot of the, the power comes in because it's all existing at once, because it's all real once we have that awareness and understanding, it's now up to us to choose which path we're going to walk down, mm. which, which reality in all of that, do we want to be a part of where do we want to be giving our energy? Because our energy is so precious, mm. right? Time, whether it's real or not, like it's precious. Mm-hmm. So once we can understand the multidimensionality, multidimensionality, um, it's up to us to like, like, what are we going to do with that? You yeah. know, how are we going to experience this planet? Mm. Because we can experience it in any way we want. And I think that's where a lot of the release has come for me in this, like having to prove myself and having to make people understand what I understand so that they don't judge me and that they are liberated too. It's like, no, like yeah. they're making a very clear choice of where they want to operate and how they're viewing the world. And that's okay. Like, do I want to exist in that reality anymore? No, like that's exhausting. I don't want to live in my head. And, you know, it's, if it all is real, why wouldn't you choose the reality in which like magic exists? And, and, you know, we are the ultimate creators, you know, working with whether it's called God or the higher forces. I know that a lot of people can get upset. Like when you say like, we are creator. It's like, you're not creator. God's creator. That's a whole conversation in itself. Um, (laughs) But, you know, um, yeah, that's, I think that's so true. The, because I feel like that's also another part of it is us stepping into our power and not being so swayed externally by what's happening and the shakeup that is literally happening in front of us. Yeah. Well, that's where the power of, I mean, I guess the, um, the controllers, yeah. you could call them the media, the corporations and all the people like that's where they get their power yes. is by swaying you from your center and, and mm-hmm. pinging your phone and, and bringing up, you know, it's, you're suddenly getting sucked into the reality of their choosing yes. based on what they're blasting out in the news or social media. And so the more that we can focus on the reality that we are building, um, like you said, that's where our power lies. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a form of empowerment. Yes. But I love what you said earlier as well. You were like, the war, the old unconscious is happening right here on the phone. Yes. But also, so, yeah, it's so true. And everything you're saying is just like, but but then when we know that, it's what we do with that information now, moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's where our power lies, right? It's, it's all in 
returning to center for me, my whole life has been a process of like finding balance within, mm-hmm. I think, which is a part of this, right? Because I can get so excited and swept up. I, I, again, I love learning. I love information. That is a mind-based activity and that's fine. The mind is okay. Yeah. Finding the balance, right. And returning to heart. And yeah. yeah. When was the moment? I, Cause you earlier, you said that at the beginning of 2020, you were, there was a lot more fear. Mm-hmm. But then did, was there, um, like you said, it was a gradual process, but when you finally managed to like move over to a lighter space, I guess. Whew. I mean, that was a long story, but let me see if I can encapsulate. <sighs> so yeah, it, it was a gradual process. My shift away from the fear of 2020 and the chaos that I felt inside, if I was to show you photos, I looked like a different person. I had so much like congestion and acne flaring up and and I did not feel well. Like I, I was not in a good place. And I think it was because I, I was so disconnected from everyone and I was living in really dark research and, and, um, I was in the process of watching the institution and the the reality crumble in front of me. And it was like, I needed, I needed to understand it. Right. So I needed to go through that process. But the minute that the whole George Floyd situation happened, I think that was my final, that was my final gut punch. Um, I wasn't even online. I hadn't even heard what had happened. I was focusing on the fact that Trump had just defunded the World Health Organization. And, you know, again, with my awareness of the corruption going on within the agencies, I was like really happy. And I was like, oh, thank God, like someone is doing something. I forgot about that. Yeah. To bring light to this. And I had I had posted something about it or shared something in my previous relationship. I was dating in Los Angeles and seeing off and on for about a year and a half. Uh, we got in it over social media and he was like basically interpreting my saying yay to Trump defunding the World Health Organization as you're a Trump supporter, you're a white supremacist, how dare you? And so we got into it and and then it ended with someone who looked just like me died today. Uh, he was Nigerian. He said, someone who looked just like me died today and this is all you can think about. He's like, I could be next. I could be the next to die. And you are so self-centered in like cheering on this white supremacy. It was it was all coming from this place of uh, complete cognitive chaos. I mean, it, mm. and he essentially wished death on me, told me to fuck off, um, blocked me from everything. And <laughs> that was the last I heard from him. And I, this was someone that I was like previously in love with. And that was the moment that just like, again, I dropped into a depression for about three days and couldn't get out of bed, could hardly work. And I had opened my social media, right? And was just hit with the sea of, you need to learn how to be anti-racist. Like you're a white supremacist if you don't do this. And it was just like all of that energy that he had just like thrown onto me now coming at me from my whole social feed. And I'm like, oh my God, am I racist? Am I like what, again, feeling like I needed to do something to show that I am a good person. And, and I got swept up in it. The black and, box. Yeah. And again, I'm so grateful for that experience because I'm like, oh my God, I get it. Like I, 
I feel so liberated from the modes of manipulation right now at this point. And it's one thing to have sat on the sidelines the whole time being like, hey, guys, don't fall for that. But it's another to have been wrapped up in it to the point where, again, I was not eating like I was so sick, like with depression because of something that had happened outside of me and the social feed. And and that's when I realized I was like, oh, my God, this thing had the ability to throw all of us so far off our center to the point where here I am being told to die by someone that was just like, like we are completing each other with complete lack of humanity. Like we're not even treating each other like human beings anymore. And all because of, I mean, yes, the video, like the things that we had seen, it's horrible, right? It's atrocious, like what had happened, but here is the media then capitalizing off all of it to in my opinion, I, you know, you can call it a false flag. Like, I, I think there are many events that occur and they occur with the intention to broadcast it out or whether it's piggybacked off of and used right in that moment and turned into something, um, you know, that's up for debate and discussion, right? But I think there are... Hmm, where am I going with this? I guess it was, that was just my moment, right? When I was able to snap out of that and, yeah. and witness what it had, what had happened firsthand to myself and to everyone around me. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. It, I feel like this is what it is. It's, we have to have these experiences ourselves. Yeah. Us, yeah. You know, that's how we really learn. Yeah. And it's mad. It's because it's like, how can someone, you know, you were, in love with all of a sudden just switch all for these yeah. values you know <laughs> it's like but yeah. the proof is in how you're treating me right now you know yeah. but that's the thing it's like it, I mean it got to them right the, the energy that was being projected through a screen yes. got yeah. to everyone and, and because of the George Floyd moment that had dropped me into such a dark space for those few days then I was able to see what COVID was doing and I was like oh my god the amount of fear that I have been in even though I recognized that, okay, this was made in a lab and, you know, they're lying to us about this, this, and this, I was still afraid that it was going to kill everyone, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I, it, again, I'm so thankful for it all yeah. because it was all necessary to liberate myself and, and by liberating myself, you can start to help liberate others, whether you are triggering the hell out of them yes. or they are just curious in your like happiness and they start to be like wait like what is she doing differently like what you know so mm. yeah it's been a powerful two years yeah I love it 2020 though <laughs> so many awakenings it's amazing so good to uh talk about it all as well yeah I imagine your podcast the conversation probably shifted a lot come 2020 because you said you started in 2018 yeah 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 definitely and I think I also made the conscious shift as well that mm -hmm. I wanted to really just to start talking about people's process through this as well because mm -hmm. obviously I feel like a lot of us might have felt a bit isolated in a way and obviously yeah we're going through a similar thing you know <laughs> yeah yeah mm. and I'm curious is um having spoken to a lot of people about their process I think for me, a lot of my processing occurs in the storm or occurs in the form of story. 
like that's just how I understand the world is through my stories right and for a long time I was trying to detach from that because I hear like you are not your story you yes. yeah, 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 yeah. like the stories you tell yourself da, 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 da. and so I, again I'm like am I doing something wrong should I not be attaching to my stories but then again I've come back to the fact that like I was a filmmaker I'm a storyteller like this is how I interpret and understand the world and make sense of it you know yeah. I mean I totally agree with you and I think that's why I started this podcast because I feel like we can learn so much when we tell our stories that you know mm. and I I know what that means like don't be so much in the story as in don't be so attached to the outcome what's happening or you know yeah. There's there's that perspective, but at the same time, the way I see the story is just your first-hand experience, you know? Yeah. And that's so, that's where all the juice happens. Otherwise, you know, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Of course, because that's also your, your, what you're here to do, you know? Yeah, and I'm excited to release more out into the world right yeah. I've, I've been very yeah, yeah, yeah. patient that. with myself but I'm recognizing it's like okay no I've had to go through a total yeah. transformation and pivot and this has been critical yeah let's go now so yeah what's where are you now what's um the moments moving forwards you moved again from Arizona right so now yes in... so yeah after Arizona um Sedona was a beautiful, beautiful experience to be in a community where suddenly I, I was no longer the outcast. Mm-hmm. Like everyone there saw the world from the way I did. And, you know, everyone there believes in aliens. Everyone there understands, you know, what it means to meditate and be in a higher consciousness. And, and so it was just great to be around a like-minded community. And so I, it was like a little haven for that year. But I started to feel a little impatient, again, having come from LA, which was like a total creative vortex. And as much as I can complain about the city and as much as I recognize, you know, the value of living in nature, it was just like this thing in my soul was like, again, okay, it was that what we were kind of talking about earlier, where it was like, okay, like I'm ready to expand beyond this. Like I'll always have Sedona. I love you guys, but like I need to grow. And um, a series of things led me to Austin. And I actually (laughs) went on the... uh, American trucker convoy. I followed behind in an RV for two weeks. I was hired to be the on the ground reporter. Wow. Again, one of those situations where you're like driving the RV and you're like, how the hell did I get here? <laughs> like wow, the- that's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, things like that. And so that was um, a nonprofit children's health defense that I was working for. So Robert Kennedy Jr.'s organization and they're based in, they have a kind of headquarters here in Austin. And um, simultaneously, I I had a feeling, you know, wanting to study under Mickey Willis and just kind of see how, what he was doing to blast these like potent, powerful films out to the world. Um, I knew that he had moved from California to Texas. So I was like, okay, there's a stepping stone occurring. Mm. Um, So yeah, that's what Austin has been. It's been this place where I now, my soul is getting to feel the, expansion in the like we were talking about earlier this amplification point right where Sedona from my last comparison it's this place where people are doing really big work in the esoteric realms like 
you know, working with different energy modalities, they're kind of on the cutting edge of a lot of these, I would say new technologies, new ways of accessing higher states of consciousness, but it's all very out in the esoteric, right? Very like, if you're looking at the chakra system, it's very up here, um, which I love, I resonate with, it's important work to be doing, but it was like, okay, as a bridge builder in society, where do I want my energy to best, like, where's my energy best served right now? And so of course you look to Texas and it's just like all of the people that I follow on podcasts, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of, you know, the filmmakers, the the activists that I'm like, so much is happening right here. Like so many people that are in a way, I think really blasting out these concepts to the world, right? The, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It feels like LA, but a, mm-hmm. a conscious version, you wow. know, or a, um, right now I kind of, I feel like the idea of, yeah, like freedom and consciousness, it's all kind of grouped into one. I don't even know how to define it. I don't know how to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So you're working with Mickey. Is, are you allowed to talk about the what you're working on or is this all? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I can talk about it from the sense of what is public and what I think is so fascinating about. So he's working on Plandemic 3. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on the, it's the third film. And again, I just look to him as someone who's like on the leading edge of the truth movement in the way that he's presenting the movies. He, so Plandemic 3 is a musical, right? And it's right. I was shocked when he showed me one of the, like the final scene, which I had brought, gotten brought on and they were done filming a lot of most of it, but he showed me the final scene and I was floored. I was like, wait, this is amazing. They like shut down a whole grocery store. And, and anyway, so it's, it was incredible and it was all choreographed and they made the music and, and he's written about this, about how aware he is of, you know, all these subtle energies that get seeped into music these days, right. Into, into the media that's, that's being broadcasted out to the masses. And so he's aware of frequencies that aren't necessarily for our best interests, you know, things that are almost more harmful than they are helping. Um, whether it's just like, you know, again, if you get back to the science of spirituality, Dr. D- Dr. Joe Dispenza is constantly speaking about resonance and coherence, right? Putting our heart and brain into a state of coherence. And so there's a lot of frequencies out there that are incoherent, that kind of like shake us up on an energetic level that kind of throw us like, it's all so subtle, but again, it's these subtle energetics. These are the things that we're really starting to tap into as we allow ourselves to become more sensitive and aware. And so Mickey being aware of this, he told me, he was like, you know, we live in an information era. And he's like, the people do not need more information. He's like, they, he's like, I believe that He's like, I want, pe- I want to take people on an experience, right? He's like, I want people to walk away from this film as if they've just stepped out of a medicine journey. He's like, I want them feeling something different. So they've specifically, chore- or not choreographed, they have worked with composers to basically tune each song to like very specific healing mod- like frequencies. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that is so cool. And again, cutting edge when you think of the, the subject matter, right? Talking about Mm -hmm, these very heavy political global Mm -hmm. things going on, but then to be coming at it 
from this place of like creating art out of it yeah um, uh, yeah I mean I feel powerful. yeah I'm very passionate about that just creating art basically right and and you're a musician too so yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or a DJ yeah yeah and a singer but this is and I think there's a huge movement coming in with sound healing as well now yes yeah frequencies and all that stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. this it we are I think on the cutting edge yeah of the renaissance yes oh wow yeah yeah like I can feel that I think all of us can feel it and I think that's why we've had this incubation period right these last couple of years to go through it right the warrior training zone as we were talking about whatever that was for us you know whatever we had to go through to in some ways what I feel come to our uh most expressed highest version mm-hmm. for now you know we're constantly evolving but what does the world need most from us right now mm. so we can step forward in our next phase of creation mm. and doing so in a way that is different than has ever been done before to ourselves and the world right and that's where it's scary as fuck because like I'm someone who I'm like I need to know I need to see and it's just like relax like it's all going to come through in perfect timing exactly as it needs to yeah I love the way you worded that and the questions you posed because I feel like yeah there's probably a lot of people that are questioning you know and that it's good prompts to think about Mm. how to come forward the best now just you know and even that just for now (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. right and again having the grace on yourself to realize it can all change again at any moment Mm. and that's fine Mm. right yeah (laughs) totally and who knows what's going to happen out there (laughs) in any moment yeah oh Amazing. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. (laughs) This is so fun. Yeah, it was so good talking to you. And yeah, I love that for you, a lot of stuff happened like in 2020, the more recent times. So it's still, it's very relevant to what's happening, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really, um, it's funny because again, in the, this group that I'm in right now, we're she prompted the question. And again, since we were on the subject of stories, it's like, I've always felt a lot of analysis paralysis when it comes to like, okay, like what story do I want to focus on? Right. When we talk about starting a YouTube channel, it's like, who am I? Like that can go any direction I want because of this multidimensionality that we also speak of. It's like, I can make anything I want out of my story and my life and my purpose and why I'm here. And I'm like, because it has been so multifaceted, right. I've dealt with shit in all areas that I'm so passionate about. And I feel that I'm here, you know, to like help the world with health or spirituality or, you know, eating disorders or like, fuck, even just herpes. Like no one is talking about that. Like there's all these things that I'm like, I want to be a beacon of light for others. And so I I get um, really kind of overwhelmed by all the possibilities. And so she brought me back to my center and she just said, what is most real for you right now? If you had one story that you could tell, only one story, what would that be? 
because, and, and she said, do you want to be connecting with people from a place of pain or a place of empowerment? Mm, because yeah. I think a lot of the times our stories are rooted in pain. Yeah, you know? how we tell them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so again, recognizing like, yeah, do you want to connect with your people from that like trauma bonding place? Yeah. Or are you going to help them rise rise with you that's so true and also I think sometimes yeah it's like we might not realize again remembering that we are the powerful creators you know Mm -hmm. so it's up to us at the end of the day it's always up to us and how we engage with people how we interact how we communicate yeah yeah and it's all the ebb and flow right because again I, I couldn't, you can't hear it when you are in that place of pain and trauma and you have to go through that, but you often can't hear the other people. They'll be there as like little, you know, lighthouses trying to like slowly remind you. But when I look back to the beginning of 2020, I would get pissed and triggered at the people in the spiritual community that would look to the virus and say, Hey guys, there's nothing to fear. Let's exist in love. Like there is no such thing as fear. We must rise above the fear. And meanwhile, I'm in a state of fear thinking that my entire family and my dad and like I'm like needing to protect them from this virus that whether or not it was made in the lab you know I I I felt it in my own self right getting upset with people that I felt were spiritually bypassing yes the reality of the situation and but meanwhile I can now sit back and be like wait now I'm the one saying there's nothing to fear (laughs) yeah 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 so you know, it's just, again, this cyclical nature of just being human and yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and, and, uh, I also feel like reflecting inner reflections mm-hmm. in those moments, especially when we are getting triggered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to mention as well, just that you were talking about herpes. So one of my very good friends who I also interviewed on the podcast, Tom, mm-hmm. And he was actually there for me a lot when, at the beginning of my awakening. But he, when I first met him, literally one of the first things he told me is that he had herpes and he wrote a book and it was literally called Herpes Saved My Life. It saved my life. Yeah. Oh my God, I'd love to talk to Tom because it saved my life and I want to make a, like a short documentary about it. It, Mm. it, he never published it. You just totally talked to him. I would love to talk to him. Yeah. I, I can see how herpes would save your life. I mean, it taught me so many lessons that I just don't think I would have learned otherwise. Yeah. It taught me discernment. It taught me communication. It again, taught me what I felt like, like what was my own true energetic signature. And I didn't even know how disconnected I was from myself. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. And I feel like, I mean, I re- recognize that for my own journey as well. Mm-hmm. But and then I just think a lot of us will just live in that way. We just don't even. Yeah. We're not. We're not tuned in. Yeah, I would have never chose celibacy. <laughs> mm. But there's so much beauty and power in you know. But that's the thing. It's. I think our soul tries to speak to us. Yeah. In subtle ways at first, and if we're not listening, then boom. Yep. Surprise! Happy birthday! Twenty eighth birthday. <laughs> I was like, shit. I was like, this must be Saturn's return. Like, screw you, Saturn. Yeah, he said similar things that you said as well about it. Mm. I think it happened in his 20s as well. Mm. So I'd love to have a conversation with him. And... Yeah. yeah. Um, sweet. So I'd like to ask everyone this question. Mm-hmm. 
it might be a big one, but um, what does freedom mean to you? Oof. Can we take a sip of water? <laughs> hmm. Let me think about that. What does freedom mean to me? That is a big question. Hold on. I know it is. Let me just think because I'm. Again, I'm recognizing during this podcast how much of a feeler I am Mm -hmm. as opposed to intellectualizing things, right? Because I I can, I can feel freedom, but then I'm like, words, what does it mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. When I, I think freedom for me is really just, the ability to be yourself on the most authentic level, like the most unrestrained level, not just from the standpoint of external forces and, you know, what society wants of you, but free from your own judgment and and the cages that we put on ourselves, right? And I think a lot of the times we build those cages based on the culture we grow up in, right? Based on the people around us and what we think that they want of us. Mm. Um, So the process of liberation and the process of really having the courage to pave your own path, like that's freedom to me. When you can be unapologetically you and stand in your own truth and and do so from a place of, yeah, true liberation where you're not questioning it. You're not afraid of what others are thinking. Um, you're not afraid of the government coming to get you, right? You know, you can be aware of all the atrocities in the world. And no matter how aware you are, if you're still, you know, judging other people, calling them sheep for not thinking the way you do, like you're still enslaved to something else that it, you're enslaved to your own judgment. Um, if you're, aware of all these things yet still operating in a place of fear where you feel that society is crumbling before you and it's you're coming from a place where you feel that you need to control it or um I don't know I mean that that to me is still a version of enslavement 
And so I think for me, freedom, like true liberation, it's a sense of peace within yourself. Like for me, it's the knowingness that everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to be happening. And there's a purpose behind everything, no matter how painful or hard it might seem. Mm. Um, you know, I've learned the biggest lessons through times of most pain. Mm-hmm. And being aware of that, I'm also requesting <laughs> moving forward in life that I get to learn from a place of ease, mm-hmm. right? Rather than learning from the pain, you know? But I think a lot of the time pain comes from a place of having to control it all, right? Yeah. And so true freedom for me is just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the knowingness of where we are going and the magnitude of the path we walk and the clarity to do so with ease and courage, Mm. knowing who we are, Mm. right? And that it's all going to be okay. Like, it's all going to be okay. Mm. Everything that we're seeing in the world right now, it's all going to be okay. And it's up to us to pave that path to peace and truth and liberation and you know like it's up to us to embody freedom and sovereignty to the best of our ability as the world around us continues to clamp down on control it's our duty to mm-hmm. like the only thing we can control is how we show up mm-hmm. so yeah yeah that's very true <laughs> freedom yeah and just what you said about the pain as well sometimes it's also because we're resisting it yes so we're fighting it we're going against we don't you know (laughs) yeah yeah and I don't necessarily perceive there to be much freedom in the fight yes yeah sometimes it's necessary you know yeah yeah that's so true (laughs) (laughs) bless thank you for sharing that yeah very good explanation (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out. It's kind of the beauty of just it is. Yeah. speaking. <laughs> yes. This is actually my first podcast. So I want to thank you. Oh. No, I was so like, yeah, honored when you reached out. And um, mm. I have a feeling it's the first of many mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. I hope so. so. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank you for just having a vision and then seeing it through and kind of holding the container and being the mama of your baby right your podcast and you know I'm sure I can only imagine how many like beautiful souls you've gotten to connect with yeah I know it's so crazy and I love as well the last the question on freedom it's mad how people say things with different words and we might be saying something in a similar way but because of the words that they're in a different formation it opens different things and it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so amazing. I know the power of language. We were just speaking about this at work and we were talking about, again, the ability to reach people on a mass scale, right? And having to know how to speak the language. Yes. Um, because today words have become so weaponized. Very true. Mm-hmm. Very true. <laughs> 
Yeah. So almost it's like you got to become a wordsmith to disarm people, but at the yes. same time, you know, yeah, it's totally. Yeah. And again, it's that knowing how we are communicating because it's, it's very easy to just by the way you're saying something, you can completely change someone's experience. It's one yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, that, that makes me want to live in my head, right? When I have to overanalyze it that much. So then it comes back to me. I'm like, okay, what's the, what's the feeling behind it? Yeah. Yeah. Even that's amazing as well to when you're communicating from the heart, you know? Yeah. Cause you're already in the alignment anyway. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It was so good to uh, talk to you more and hear about your story and also all the creations that you're cooking up as well, which is. Yes. Yes. We have a started. documentary series that we're currently fun, uh, in the process of looking for funding right now. So mm. we're slowly burning yeah. something. <laughs> Amazing. This is with your business partner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. So yeah yeah it's gonna be um kind of talking about again coming from my perspective as a California environmentalist some of the things going on um around large-scale weather engineering in the face of the climate change narrative how how can we be having a discussion about climate change without addressing large-scale weather manipulation (laughs) exactly this is it no but this is I feel like a lot of people think this anyway that's going to be the next huge thing that's going to be pumping mm-hmm. all the fear when what you said is spot on right there <laughs> trust me this is why my ego has been trying to keep me safe right I'm like do I really feel that that I need to go put my face on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. this messaging when it is going to be the next pandemic yes and also this is the thing as well this is how we connect people mm-hmm. want to see faces as well but yeah. yeah, put your face on it. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for it. Apparently, you know. <laughs> Again, letting the universe decide. It is that thing where I'm like, you can only put, you can put in so much action, right? But again, if you're constantly like, if you're trying to like pummel down walls to get to something, like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to get in that room in the first place. Yeah, totally. But you do what you need to do. Say say some prayers. Set some you know manifestations. Yeah. And if it's meant to be made through you. I really believe that like the universe will make it so clear. Yes. It's just going to open up and you're like, for me, it's like birthing a child. Like that's the best way I can describe filmmaking Mm. is it's such a spiritual big experience. Like it's like, okay, this, this baby, this idea comes to you because it wants to be birthed through you and nurtured by you. And you can do so much to raise it and like, or you care for it and then you birth it and then you have to raise it. But ultimately, it's going to go on to become its own person and impact the world in ways that you could have never predicted. And you have to grow with outside of you that you have no control over, right? Mm. So, yeah. Well, yeah, wishing you lots of good fortune with all of Thank the- you. Oh, Thank you. Pregnancy, no. <laughs> Amazing. Um, are there any final words that you would like to share? I feel very complete. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you. <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I'm excited. It's so funny. Um, I'm so used to like, like I said, there's so much that I'm like, oh, I just want to get to know you now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
is fun. Like, you'll have to send me a podcast episode that has your story in it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I need to get up. Do yeah. <laughs> have you made a podcast episode that encapsulates your story or has it kind of like you've shared bits and pieces of it throughout while interviewing others? Yeah, more that one. Okay. And uh, But I have developed this online course, which I do share a bit about as well. It's called Awakening 101, A Ninja's Guide to Navigating Your Spiritual Awakening. <laughs> Fun, the ninjas. Yeah. And yeah, it's, okay. it's just like a map. It's just a guide. And basically, I talk a lot about my process and what I went through. And, you know, yeah. Beautiful. Uh-huh. It's so powerful. Like the awakening process for the individual. It's so mm-hmm. potent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the path it sets you up on. It's just like destined for potency. I feel like. Yeah. I resonate with a lot of what you said as well about how you've, you had that feeling before of knowing that um, yeah, you were going to watch everything crumble. I just, when I was young, I had this feeling like I'm here for something huge. And then when 2020 came, I was like, oh, this is it. Yeah. 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 I forgot to mention, and I don't, it's probably like way after the fact, but (laughs) with, yeah, I don't even know if you're recording anymore, but um, what I forgot to mention was that that would be the moment once everything crumbled, like that would be the opportunity for us to build the new. Yes. Yeah. I didn't mention that, but that was part of the awareness, but you know, had to go through the fear of everything else. Right. First. Yeah. 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 But that's where ultimately where the trust comes from. The trust that it's all going to be okay is just, I think, rooted in that knowingness that I've carried for so long. Yeah. That not only everything has to fall, but it has to fall for the new to come through. Mm-hmm. And not the new in the new world order sort of way that's trying to hijack. Yeah. <laughs> like, just the energetics of what's happening right now. Right? There are global forces that I think are piggybacking on. Yeah, totally. Hijack. Yeah, they're, they're piggybacking on the the energetics of what's happening naturally yeah and they're trying to i think put a cap to it and and use it and control it for their own gain 100 percent. and it's with everything it's with the climate it's with the agriculture it's with the vegan everything, yeah, everything. even social justice movements yeah. my friends yes. used to call me like i'm actually just writing a new poem right now and it starts out with um, my friends who went on to make big paychecks whose ballots had turned red would call me a social justice warrior as if it was a bad thing, you know, and and I just thought here were my friends turning Republican because they literally just started to make a lot of money, and didn't want to pay taxes and would look to me like, oh, you Democrat, liberal, social justice warrior. And I didn't understand like why they were putting me down in that way. And and again, until 2020, then I started to see like, oh my God, our like human, our, our care for humanity is being funneled and hijacked into these movements that really are doing nothing other than like perpetuating these cycles of things that we're trying to fight. And yeah. And setting us into our own traps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I called up my friends. They're like, oh my God, you see, like, we never thought you'd make it. And it was just funny. You call up like, well, what? Who's that? A different group of friends. Oh, the ones who went on to, you know, become Republican. But it was funny because they're, again, I'm still like the whole facade of politics. I'm like, well, you yes. guys aren't fully, you know, I'm like the Republicans aren't going to save us either. Uh, okay, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to bring politics, but you know. Yeah, but it's all, even all these, these different groups, I don't even see any of them anymore because they just don't mean anything. 
Like, no, it's don't so much beyond that, so much bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So true. It's really irrelevant what we identify with, right? It's yes. as long like I think people can be whatever they want as long as that self-proclaimed identity isn't trapping them into another box, yep. which they usually are. Anytime yeah, yeah, we yeah. identify. Totally. Yeah. That happens a lot. And even on the spiritual path, you'll find something and you might get stuck in it, and then next thing you know, in a box. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think the purpose of earth is to just get out of the box. Mm-hmm. Any old well, boxes. But that's what you said. I like earlier, I'm here to bring in and to ground in this freedom. Mm. I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, <laughs> I can't imagine going back to like, listen to your own podcast or your own. I'm like, that was scary. <laughs> There's definitely some good quotes yeah, in there. <laughs> I'll have to find one. I'll make a little reel out of it. I'll help you promote it on social media. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Just getting out of my own way, right? Yeah. Rather than being like, I don't anyone don't want anyone to find it because I don't know what I said. I'm just gonna get out of my own way and be like, yeah, whatever said it had to be said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All, yeah. All, for all of that, for sure. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm glad that you you've done the first one, and there's more to come. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It was an honor having you as my first experience. Oh bless! Thank you so much. <laughs> and oh. yes, yeah, so I'll put your Instagram and links and anything else in the. Perfect. Well, I'm excited to see everything. Awesome. Bless. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode and to this podcast. We hope that you can gain many insights through the art of listening. If you haven't already, we would love it if you can follow us on YouTube, on Instagram, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if that feels right for you. We've also just launched our first online course, Awakening 101 a ninja's guide to navigating your spiritual awakening which is led by me and is offered via donation so if you feel called to that then please dive in it's available via our website thank you